0: Welcome to 17 Strong. Victories don't come by accident. Here's your host, Steve Teixeira. Thanks, Andy. You're welcome to another 17 Strong podcast. I'm your host, Steve Teixeira, along with my beautiful wife, Holly. So we're just plugging away here in Colorado.
1: Yes, we wow, are. Every of it. We are. And yeah. This
0: one is... I'm a
1: little um nervous. Um I'm excited. I have a lot of emotions going into yeah. this one. Um this well, kid this means the world to me.
0: He's like he's like another son to us.
1: He really well. is. He really is. So he's just is part of the family. Well,
0: Dixon. Yes. Ryan's first college roommate. Yes.
1: Yes, dorm roommate.
0: Dorm roommate.
1: Dorm roommate. Thanks for being here.
0: Thanks for having
2: me. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. All right, so tell us a little bit about you because your life is is fun. It's exciting.
2: It's <laughs> a great way <laughs> to put it. Um, so I grew up, uh, went to high school in Highlands Ranch, Colorado, so southeast Denver. Um, and then I came up to Colorado Mesa for baseball. Um, got to play four years here. Was lucky enough that at the end of my career, I got to wear 17. Um, Ryan was obviously my first roommate. Um, well, actually he was my second roommate. Yeah, um, I know. I
1: heard about that. But I
2: counted as my first roommate. Um, <laughs> and, uh, ended up getting to live in your guys' house for three years. Um, yeah. After, uh, moving out of the dorms. Uh, there was a year in between that I lived somewhere else. And then, uh, ended up meeting my wife, uh, towards the end of my senior year. Um, you know, she didn't really want to talk to me until I was done with baseball, but, <laughs> Met her uh and have a beautiful two year old little boy named Owen. Yes. yes. Um and then I coached for a little while after baseball was done, taught for a little while and now I'm doing something totally different, um, working for General Mills. So good, for,
1: awesome. you.
0: good for you. I do. Yep. Doing great. And it should be pointed out that Owen's almost as big as he is. Oh, um, <laughs> a
1: tank, everybody. He needs to be on the podcast one of these days. Yeah. He is huge.
0: He's like as big as a four-year-old, I think. I, yeah. I don't
1: know. Yeah. He's pretty big. He's only really two. And he talks all the time. He's a little parrot. Yes, well,
0: yeah. mom and dad are no slouches, so he is yes. going to be at least six one six two right easy
2: we just hope he's good
0: at math yeah Yeah, that's all that we care about
1: (laughs) yes he's awesome so we love that but um where do we even begin well i I know you
0: have a lot of stories so let's talk about when you first got to meet
1: oh yeah let's talk about when we met
0: yeah let's let's talk about about that that,
1: oh yeah okay so ryan came here and i've said this but just to set the stage one more time um ryan finished his chemo in January two weeks after he finished chemo he came to Colorado so of course as a mom I'm a little freaked out you know Um, it's not like a normal kid that you drop off at college you know but this kid is like motivated he is so excited he wants to live his best life so we go and we this is where we're scheduled and mind you you weren't his first roommate either he had Kyle Leahy that he was originally supposed to be with when he came when he was coming in August obviously he fought and beat cancer and then he um came in january and we got assigned to will dixon we're like who's he i don't know so anyway we go into the dorm and i'm getting things together and ryan's bringing things up and do you want to say or do you want me to
2: i can say it okay um go ahead. so i met the whole to share a family um right after getting out of the shower i yes. um, wearing a towel, nothing right? but a
1: towel, a towel. towel.
2: just uh, a towel and a smile i guess is a good way to put it um <laughs> So that was a... uh, I
1: remember going, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry. I think the
2: first person I saw was Holly. I think we made direct eye contact, and I was like, this is going to be really awkward for the next six months that I live with your son. (laughs) I'm very sorry. But um, everybody kind of filtered out except Ryan, and we sat there and and chit-chatted. You know, I had a roommate the first semester. That kid decided to transfer um, to a different school to play. Um, So I was... I actually lived with my best friend from middle school. He ended up being one of my roommates as well. Um, So I was sitting there talking with him uh, before Ryan even showed up. And I was like, man, how cool would it be to have my own room? Um, You know, not knowing the whirlwind that I was about ready to embark on um, with your son. But yeah. So uh, after that day, I think everything was on the table between the the three of us and, and Ryan, obviously as well. I mean, it's pretty tough when, You meet somebody for the first time just wearing a towel.
1: Yeah, (laughs) just wearing a towel. Exactly. Well, and I think, too, in his, like, he was probably thinking, too, like, he's exposed because he looks like a cancer patient. He's very bald. He's, I was a little bit embarrassed because here he is on this, in this world of, living on his own, wanting to go to college and, you know, meeting his roommate and teammate for the first time. Yeah. And he's exposed too, you know, because um, he doesn't want to feel that way. He wants to be normal. He wants to be, you know, like one of the guys. So, um, and, you know, I, I always go back to his, his math card. You know, he really looked sick in that math card, and that was hard for me. Not hard for him. Mm. Not hard for him at all. So he was, um, you know, wanting to live his best life. So that was um, – the introduction of us. And um yeah. And pretty much like I said in the previous podcast that he cut ties with Steve and I like that day. That day. Like you have you're you're done. You gotta go. You know, and I was like, okay, wow. Um, you know, it was He wanted to be with you. He wanted to be with the team. He wanted to do um, whatever the team was doing. And so, and we kind of respected that, but it was a little odd. It was a little odd. So tell us how that day or that week kind of panned out because I think you guys had some team dinners. You had some, you know, of course, you're just getting to know this kid.
2: Right. Um, That week was was crazy. Um, It's that first week that we come back as a baseball team before the season starts. And so we're doing, you know, up to three quote-unquote practices a day. That might be a team meeting, a workout session, and then out on the field. So we're all pretty tired throughout the whole, you know, day. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of effort. Um, So then Ryan coming in right at that time, I think we had started a day before Ryan showed up. Mm. Um, I think we had one day before. I might have been just a day early. Um, So I just remember the first person I talked to was Garrett, Um, When I found out, I didn't find out Ryan was going to be my roommate until, like, a day before I showed up on campus. So I still thought that I was going to be in a single dorm by myself. I was (laughs) like, this is sweet. Um, And then I found out through Garrett telling me, oh, Ryan's going to live with you. And I didn't really know Garrett at that time either. Again, I had made it through one fall. I didn't really know everybody on the team. You know, you're the freshman, so nobody really talks to you. Um, But Garrett started talking to me about Ryan. And I started to learn more and more about Ryan, who he was, where he was coming from, all that. Um, and then, like I said, I met you guys wearing nothing but a towel. And, no, and sense. you know, I think that that vulnerability probably just, just, you know, got me and Ryan right on on page with, yeah. we're good. Everything's out in the open. This is how we're living. So, yeah. um, You know, the next six months, this is going to be us. Yeah. So um, that first week was a lot of conversations, a lot of, you know— so where did you come from? You, you know, just small talk, but right away I realized very fast, um, oh, this is different. Yeah. Um, this is a different feeling. This is a different conversation that I'm having than with anybody that I've had, you know, on the baseball team or in previous relationships. Um, we connected right away, and it was like after the first night, he told me the first night, he said, good night, love you. And I remember just sitting there going, that was weird. Love you too, you know, and we just went to bed. And it was all good and whatever. But I remember that that was something that after that, we just were close. Um, Obviously, he still had his best friend on the team. So there was some of that where he would go over and hang out with Garrett. He would go to Garrett Storm. He would go, you know, he knew Ben. He knew Garrett. He Mm -hmm. he hung out with those guys as well, which I didn't really. Um, In fact, I didn't until after my sophomore year. I didn't really hang out with any of those guys. Um, But. Whenever he would come back, we would sit there. We would talk. We'd have hour-long conversations. You know, we had a TV in the dorm, but we never used it. Um, anything like that. So, I, I mean, right away, like I said, I could tell that there was a something different um, in meeting Ryan that first week.
0: It was something deeper. It was more um, intimate. I mean, yep. he was. You guys were really getting to know each other. Right. It was a brotherhood that was that was forming right there. Absolutely. You guys talked about a lot of stuff together.
2: A lot of stuff. <laughs> yes, we. We had a lot of conversations. We had a lot of late-night talks. Um,
1: Probably times when you didn't want to talk.
2: A lot of times when I didn't want to talk. I remember there was a few times I played a little bit my first um, couple of weeks of the season, Mm. and then I ended up tearing my hamstring, like, really bad. Mm. Um, I I tore it off the bone. It it was a really bad uh, hamstring tear. I mean, I was bruised from middle of the back down to my calf. Oh, wow. and I remember I came in that day after I'd thought I'd earned a starting role. Um, you know, I thought I'd worked towards that. And I just remember being, I mean, a mopey puppy dog. And I was back in the room. I was, you know, slamming doors. I was all this. And I just remember the conversation that I had with Ryan. He he basically told me, shut up, you know. And, and it, was, it wasn't a conversation that I normally would have with a teammate. Normally teammates have your back and, oh, you know, it'll be okay. You'll figure it out. And with him, it was more, who cares? We won today. So why are you worried about it? Um, And again, that there, not knowing it at the time, but looking back on it, um, you know, that was a monumental point in my life, looking back, going, Mm -hmm. did I have a character change there? Did something happen there that changed the course of my college
0: career? Mm -hmm. So. Can't talk. You can't talk right now.
1: Mm-mm. Okay. Sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's all. Right.
1: I That's knew all right. this was going to happen, but yeah. um, I have so many things. Um, okay, there was something that you guys would um, I can't remember what it is, but you guys would do something, um, before bed, and it had something to do with music. Okay, so explain that to me. So or explain to everybody to everybody.
2: Well, what, <laughs> what we would do is again, we had a TV in the room. I had a GameCube. Um, so there was times where maybe that would be happening, but for the most part, I I feel like Ryan didn't do great with silence. Um, (laughs) you know, he he, he wasn't great with just sitting there, which was something that I was okay with. Um, but Ryan would pull that right out of me and, and he would basically, what we would do is we would listen to music and we would try to show somebody a new song. So, You would have, you know, your library of music, whatever it was, and you'd play the song and we'd give each other like 30 seconds worth of a clip. And it was a little competitive game. There was nothing on the line, but we would go back and forth and say, you know, who sings this song? What's the song title? And we would go back and forth and, you know, Ryan's music and my music were fairly similar, but also very different. You know, I heard like 38 new George Strait songs that I've never heard before. I heard all sorts of old country that I'd really never heard before. Um, and, and Ryan would win a lot of those games. Um, but I towards the end, I had to start putting Shazam on my phone so I could try to Shazam songs because I was tired of losing. Um, but that was what we would do. And, and it was a way that, you know, if we were done studying or if we were, you know, just sitting there, it was a way to just have something that we could do together. Um, and it kind of brought us to know each other a little bit more you know when i'm playing some of the songs that i listened to in high school and ryan's looking at me like what the heck is this you know um it just shows the cultural difference that we grew up with and that kind of stuff and and it it allowed us to bond over something that was very minor but it was also very important
1: and how did that evolve just again he didn't want to that room to be quiet I,
2: i genuinely think it was we were probably sitting there one night and didn't have anything else to talk about um Or it might have been, like, an awkward conversation that we had just had, and then it was just awkward silence, and Ryan, hey, have you ever heard this song? Oh. You know, and and so it was like, oh, yeah, that's, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever it was.
1: Gotcha. Um, So then it just. And then
2: it just kind of turned into this competitive, I'm going to find a song that you've never heard before. Mm. Um, And and so we would do that for hours. Hours, Um, yeah. There was a few nights where I was like, Ryan, I know that I have to practice in the morning and you don't, and I really need to go to bed, man. Um. You know, but it was like, oh, five more songs, you know, or whatever it was. You could tell he had five songs that he was just waiting to put out there. So, um, but yeah, so that was kind of how, you know, and that was pretty early on. I would say that the first month or two, we would do that quite a bit. Um, And then towards the end of the year, we would do it every once in a while. But by that time, we had plenty of things that we could talk about and share and And, you know, life stories that maybe hadn't come up when we weren't as comfortable with each other, but now getting to the the point that we were.
1: At what point did he or did he ever share his story, his cancer journey, anything like that? Before
2: the towel came off my body, he was pretty much telling me his story. Oh. Um, I know that you guys had left and then come back. In that time that you had left when I was trying to put my clothes on, he was out in the open you know, let's talk about this. This is who I am. Um and that first night he made me touch a scar. <laughs> he, he was showing me everything.
0: Wow. Was um, that a lot.
2: Yeah. Um
1: that's hilarious. So he wanted you to touch it. He
2: wanted me to know. <laughs> um and and it, I think it was also his way of just like, let's get this out there so that we don't have to talk
1: about it. Talk or about it
2: anymore. Or if I have something that I need to talk to you about, you at least have some context rather than just me saying something. Gotcha. Um, you know. I mean, our dorm room wasn't much bigger than the area that we're sitting in
1: right yeah. now. I mean, we yeah. were
2: close quarters.
1: Yeah. Very um, close.
2: So there was plenty of interactions that were going to be close and intimate. So I think him getting that out of the way right away was, was great for both of us. Yeah. You know, I obviously had a lot of questions, Yeah. but I obviously wasn't going to say anything until they got brought up.
1: Yeah, there. absolutely. And he was very open and transparent in ask me whatever you want. And Oh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, he pretty much would tell you whatever you wanted to know.
0: There wasn't
2: anything that was a closed book about Ryan.
1: No, you're exactly right. You're exactly no. right.
0: So you guys bonded not only with baseball, but hunting and fishing and all that kind of stuff. What uh we've heard one version of a fishing story, but I'm sure you have several versions of a fishing story.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you know, we we didn't have class every morning. Um <laughs> And we made sure that we made the most out of most of our mornings. Uh, If we didn't have morning weights, if we didn't have anything to do that was, like, super important, like an 8 a.m. English class in my sense. But um, we would go out and we'd fish. Um, And I'd never fish for bass. All I'd ever done was trout fishing, really, um, growing up. And so Ryan kind of taught me how to bass fish, um, truly. And so we would go out. And I remember the first bass that I ever caught, Ryan was like, hey, you need to throw this jig right there. If you throw it right there, you'll catch a fish. And, you know, I was like, he's smart. Enough. you know. <laughs> so I flipped one out there, and it happened. Wow. <laughs> right away. I mean, that jig hit the bottom, one, two, fish on, first bass that I ever caught.
1: Wow. Yeah.
2: Um. And I remember thinking that day, I was like, man, I kind of want to throw you in the lake right now, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, cause he was just laughing cause I was obviously giving him a hard time. Like there's no way that that'll happen. There's not a fish there, blah, blah, blah. And yeah. I mean, immediately it happened. Oh, um, that's so crazy. and then there's obviously the fishing story, um, with Zach McLeod, um, you know, that we had a homeless guy that I can't remember if it was Zach stuff or if it was, I believe it was Ryan's stuff. Was I Ryan. believe it was his yellow, um, bait caster that was, that was taken, um, and I remember wanting to fight the guy. I was ready to go after him. Um,
1: well, that, is, that did line up with Zach's story. Yeah. Yes.
2: And uh, I was ready to fight. It was going to be, you know, one of those deals. Um, you know, I was at the time, what, 19, filled with testosterone, ready to go with anything. So, um, but I just remember the way that Ryan talked to that man saying, you know, if you wanted to learn how to fish, I'd teach you how to fish. If you wanted to, and it was very parental I guess in in a sense and, and he was trying to teach the guy that this is wrong. Um and you know, at the end of it, I'm sitting there going, I'm still red faced ready to fight and I'm trying to to comprehend what just happened, what I just witnessed. I'm like, Wait a second, we're not doing anything. We just we're giving him a stern talking to. You know, I was like, Wow, well, how Steve really, must really have him on
0: <laughs> No, our <laughs> listeners need to understand you because yeah. that's your lane, that's, that's, so that's your funny. wheelhouse. Yes. You know, you, yeah. I'm sure your mother and father could tell stories and, oh, yeah. and and you're just your whole childhood you're kicking and fighting. I mean, that's just, that's Will. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah.
1: But So um, funny. You're like, wait, we're not fighting him. Yeah. Okay. We're just, yeah, we're
2: I'll, just going to talk talking. to this. Okay. This is interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, yeah, we also <laughs> had a, a fishing story up at my cabin in Leadville. Mm. Um, and I think that was when Ryan impacted, my dad's life more than anything. Um, my dad obviously had known Ryan, that he was living with me. He had never really hung out with him. Right. Um, but we went up to the cabin. The The team was on a travel weekend. Um, and I just remember looking at Ryan going, man, we got to do something. Because mm. there wasn't anybody to stay home with us. There was no practice for the guys that were staying home. Mm. I was still injured. Obviously, Ryan was red-shirting. Right. Um And so I got Espen with us as well. My best friend, um, from back home and we all went up to my cabin and, you know, my dad was smart enough to go, you're not all going up there by yourself. So I'll be there as well. Um, and there's some private ponds that you can fish, but it was still frozen over. I believe it was late March or early April. Um, so we went and we fished and we didn't catch anything, but it was probably the most fun I've had up there outside of when I asked my wife to marry me. Um, of we just had this unbelievable weekend and we didn't catch a single fish but on the last day of course ryan got a bite when nobody else could and you know we got close we never ended up catching the fish but we just fished for you know probably 14 15 hours wow um and it was just me espen and ryan um and getting to go up there and share that with him um you know he was asking about every little nook and cranny where the deer were um he was planning out his deer hunts all that yeah. um so that was probably the fishing memory when I look back the most, that's the one that I remember. Um, you know, the, the one story is great. It's funny, but, but going up there and getting to share that with him, that's such yeah. a special, special place to me and my family. Yeah. Um, and and I know that it's very special.
0: How did it impact him. your dad?
2: I just think getting around Ryan, um, <clears throat> you know, I, I think that was the first time that he actually got to see what Ryan was. Um, you know, he'd obviously heard stories from me and, and that kind of stuff, but it was never weird. You know, my Espen's like a brother to me. Mm-hmm. Right. And my dad is like a second dad to him. It's very similar to Garrett and Ryan, right? Yeah. They, they both met in middle school. Yeah. Absolutely. They were best friends ever since yeah. and that they always were going. So that was Espen for me. Um, so Espen being up there, he can talk to my dad, you know, like a son can. Yeah. And Ryan immediately was just right in the mix. Mm-hmm. Um, there was no awkward conversations. He was asking my dad all sorts of questions and and it was just this, like, awesome experience for everybody, and I know that it impacted my dad quite a bit. Um, I know that he's talked about it in the past to me and, and and other things like that, but just how influential that weekend truly was for him and for us. Yeah.
0: Wow. And and I got to know your dad fairly well. I mean, we went to your cabin, go hunt with your dad, and, and got the tour and everything, and I have so much respect for your dad. I mean, mm. he was here as much as he could be to watch you play baseball and – um, your mom as well but you know your family is spread out throughout well i think they've all gotten closer now but at, at the time when you were going to school here i think there was one in california there was yeah. i mean they were one spread out yeah. yeah so your family's amazing and i really have a lot of respect and love for your family yeah so I that's that. that's great that's so awesome. take us into um, did you do challengers were you part of the challenger yeah, team no
1: he didn't
2: You didn't what go? happened so there was one spot available, um, and I wanted to go, uh. but I knew that Ryan should. Oh. So I didn't I didn't take the final spot. Um, there was a little bit of a time where Hanks was asking who wanted to go, and I think it was 12 guys got to go, and we were at 11. And I knew Ryan wanted to go. Yeah. I knew that that was something that was going to be very important to him, and I think I just said, I'm good. Oh, uh, wow. And, and it also conflicted a little bit with some stuff where I just was like, it's not worth me trying to make this work and then having to back out last second. Sure. Um, so it wasn't just obviously that I wanted Ryan to go, but I knew that there was going to be a little bit of conflict if 13 of us were trying to go.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, so. Gotcha. Uh,
2: I didn't get the opportunity to go on that. Um, I wish I would have. Right. I I really do. Um because I've heard so many amazing stories from that week. Um, but it also gave a week to everybody else that never got to be living with Ryan to go mm. get that experience. Right. Um, so in hindsight, it was probably great that I didn't go on that trip.
1: Interesting. Interesting. What?
0: Uh, so when he got back, he wasn't feeling good, but he was still working out on the field. Did he share anything with you when he got back? You know,
2: when we came back that year, things were obviously different. We weren't living together. Um or actually I'm gonna pull it back a little bit. Okay. Um the last night that we stayed together, I think Ryan was heading home. I was still technically with the active roster. There's twenty five active players, we have twenty seven in the dugout. Mm. So I was one of the two that wasn't active, but in case an injury happened, I would then become active for the World Series. Um so I had to stay, everybody else was leaving. Um and I remember we were sitting in the parking lot. Um, and we were just listening to music. It was me, Espen, and Ryan, um, the three of us that were in the dorm, and we just sat there and we talked all night and I knew that I wasn't playing in the morning. I knew that I wasn't going to suit out or anything, so whatever, you know, I was gonna enjoy the final night with Ryan that we were going to live together, and then we both knew where we were living the next year, and it wasn't together um so after that night, we stayed up, gosh, probably till four thirty five o'clock in the morning um And I think Ryan ended up driving home after that, so I didn't tell you guys that part of it. But um, I went to the field. I think Ryan stopped by, and then he took off um, to go play summer ball. And I just remember that interaction was, like, one of those special times that you get to look back on, not realizing how important significantly that was um, to our relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we – We were sitting in the parking lot, not doing anything crazy. Cops ended up showing up. We weren't doing anything bad, but they thought we were somebody else. Um, So they rolled up on us kind of hot. And I just remember Ryan talked to the officers like, you know, everything was good. And by the end of it, those three officers were asking us questions, asking Ryan questions, and just had this awesome encounter. Whereas, you know, if it was me and Espen, we'd probably have been running the other way. Even though we weren't doing anything too bad. Butch and butch. Yeah, we would have been running and we'd have been, you know, in the morning. But I just remember like those interactions. Um and then coming back in the spring or in the fall, um, you know, I was living with Zach McLeod, who you guys just right. talked to, JJ Carr, um, and a couple other guys. And I just remember we didn't talk that much, you know, we'd see each other on the field, but it was just like teammates. Um, you know, if you're not living with a guy, you're not talking to him all the time. Um, and I just remember, I remember the striders day. Um, like it's burned into my memory. Um, and in fact, when I was coaching, it's something that I would tell the kids. It's a story that I would tell kids because it really shows. I remember we were running next to each other. Um, the last practice that he was at when he collapsed during the striders and then he walked to finish him. Um, And I just remember going like, are you okay? Are you okay? And, you know, the trainers came out and then he was pushing the trainers off going, I'm finishing the striders, you know, I'm, I'm finishing this and, and walking. I think it was like 12 striders that we had, which striders are down and back in under a minute. Um, And I remember that he fell down around six and he walked while we all cleaned up the field and he finished. And I just remember how powerful that moment was down the road when everybody found out obviously that he had been diagnosed with leukemia. Um, and how powerful that was for that 2017 team and how much we all looked back on that moment going, if he can do that, we can do anything. There's never a time where we have to, you know, feel like this is too tough because it's never as tough as what Ryan was going through. Obviously at that moment, I mean, it's 95 degrees. He has leukemia and he finished the workout. Um, and so I think that, you know, that impacted every one of those guys in such a profound way that it was burned into our brains of, I can do anything. Nothing is that hard. Um, So that was really the only time that that me and him had that interaction. I mean, it was fairly early in the fall. Um, But I just remember how powerful that
0: was. And then when you did find out, when coach Hanks told the team that he had leukemia and was headed back for treatment what was your reaction
2: um my reaction was well he'll just beat it and be back next year um my reaction was okay so he's going to beat it just like he did Ewing sarcoma um and and my reaction right away was like you know I, I know who Ryan is. I know what he's capable of, and, and there's no problem here. Obviously, I was scared. Obviously, I was like, come on, give him a break. Because I believe during the summer he tours UCL um, and then Kem comes back and obviously gets leukemia, and it was just like, why can he not catch the break? Like, I want to play with him. Hmm. Um, I wanted to share the field with him. You know, he wanted to play third base. I wanted to play first base. Hmm. You know, we would stay up all night talking about how cool that would be. Um, you know, being the corner infielders, our junior senior year, Mm -hmm. um, and knowing that we had the potential to do that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we, you know, it was a weird feeling, but it was also a feeling of he's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I remember we all went to the hospital, um, right before you guys went back to UCLA and, um, I I still have that picture on my phone but it's really hard to look at. Sure. Um, cuz we all look positive. Mm-hmm. We all look uplifting. Yeah. We all look like Ryan's got this. Um you yeah, know and you're even all, you're all doing the math. All doing the math. And even Ryan, he he looks healthy. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I remember him coming in you know, looking sick and then towards the end of the year, you know, we're sitting there at you know, that picture that we have together where we're both rocking mustaches mm-hmm. because he was so pumped that he finally started to get some facial know, And, um, mm-hmm. so, you know, when we were all at the hospital, you know, I, I knew that everybody looked happy. Everybody felt like Ryan was going to be fine. Um, yeah. you know, and there's the picture of him where everybody's thrown up the math and we're, we're all talking to each other. We're all, you know, everybody left there in good spirits. Right. Um, you know, not knowing what the next six months were going to look like. Um, and so I think then that was kind of how everybody was feeling, was like he beat it once, he's going to do it again.
0: Mm-hmm. That was a pretty special time you guys had in the hospital. That was, I mean, all the coaches and parents and friends were kicked out. It was left between just him and his boys. Yeah, And I I don't want to know what was said because that's between – Ryan and you guys, and we'll be for eternity. But how did that, whatever was said, and how did that impact you?
2: I think that team, it, it just, I don't know that we were a family as a team yet. It was still early in the season. We hadn't bonded yet. And all of a sudden the next day, or really once we left, it was one team. Yeah. One common goal. There was no... Other egos that really came into play, everybody was a family mm-hmm. um because you have to be yep. um you know when something like that happens, I remember just the feeling that we all had the next practice, mm. how hard we wanted to push, how hard we wanted to work,
0: um, yeah. and everything that went with that um so yeah, yeah,
2: That's-
0: so you and Garrett had a conversation, yeah.
2: So I lived with Garrett, obviously, my junior and senior year. So his um, senior year and then once he was done, the year after. Um, so Garrett wore 17 for two years. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, when Ryan passed away, he was he was wearing 17. And then his senior year, he wore 17 right. um, as part of the 17-strong scholarship. Yeah. And um, I would always talk to him about that. You know, it was something that we had common ground on, you know, everybody knew Ryan on the team. I lived with Ryan. Garrett was Ryan's best friend. Um, and you know, Garrett and I, truthfully, when I moved in, we weren't close. Um, but we got there, um, obviously because we both had a little bit, Garrett obviously had more of a connection to Ryan than I did, but we both had a very, you know, great connection with Ryan, um. And so I just remember talking to him about like what it meant to wear that number. Um, what, what it meant to him, you know, and trying to, this was my senior year when I was asking him more of these questions and, um, you know, the way that he would talk about it, it wasn't going to be the same for me, but, but there was something that he told me where he said, we, we owe it to him. Um, and that really stuck with me. Um, and I just remember, how hard I knew that I needed to work so I could get there um, to have the best possible season that I could, not for me, not even for my team, but for Ryan Um, and how important that was, Um, you know, and I'll lighten the mood up a little bit, but Coach Hanks told me when I got 17, he said, you're going to have to lose some weight so that you can get into 17 the cream (laughs) because they ordered it for Garrett, Um, which was – (laughs) Kind an incentive. <laughs> there was an incentive there of like, I have to get into a place of the best shape that I can be in so that I can wear the number and honor my friend. Right. Um, and Garrett had an unbelievable senior year. I mean, he was our best player that year. He carried the team sure. as far as he possibly could have. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I knew that there was big shoes to fill there. And then also there was unfillable shoes wearing 17 for Ryan. Um, so I just remember you know i I worked really hard, but then at the start of the year, I wasn't playing great. you know I was playing third base, I was playing first base, and I really wasn't playing good at all. Um, I think I ended up hitting like 180 on the year, um, I turned into a spot starter at both positions um, and I remember it kind of hit me when it was happening. It was like, you didn't work this hard and you're not giving up. you know we go back to that strider day. There's no way that I can give up because this is easy compared to what Ryan went through. Um, and that's kind of when the pitching career took off. Um, and then, you know, what happened there, that was kind of all
0: history. So, You had some moments that you shared with me, and I don't know if you remember them, and I don't remember the stories completely, but it was almost like Ryan was there talking to you. Oh, yeah. Is there anything you remember that you want to share?
2: So the last game that I played in, Um, was my first ever career start pitching. And I just remembered before the game going, I've got to get it as far as I can. And so I knew that I kind of had to change my pitching style from being a closer to being a starter, trying to get as, as many pitches as I could out of my arm. Um, and I remember there was actually, if you look back at that game, there was two calls that ended up getting reversed. Um. And both times they would have scored a run. And if you look back, at least from what I've been told, I, I still can't really go back and look at any of that game. Um, but if you go back, one of them, the guy was clearly safe, and the umpires called him out. Mm-hmm. Um, and Coach Hank's challenged both of them. And what ended up happening was we got to the eighth inning, and I I was kind of out of it at that point. You know, I was just focused on I've got a get to the dugout, get as much liquid in me as possible, get back out on the field, throw as few pitches as possible, and continue this game.
0: And this is in carry.
2: This is in carry, yeah. Um, And so around the eighth inning, I started to feel my body was like, this is is about your breaking point here. You haven't done this since you were in high school. Um, And I remember getting to that point going, no, I've got more. Um, And I got into trouble in the eighth inning, It might've been the ninth inning. I can't remember exactly which one, but Hanks came out and somebody was warming up in the bullpen. I don't remember who it was. And I just remember going, no, I I can't leave it here. I've got more. And I remember telling Hanks, I'm staying in. I've got this. And he walked off and there was a moment of, you know, in the movies when everything goes silent, Mm -hmm. um, that happened. And I just remember hearing, you've got this, um, and that was, that was very powerful because um, it was Ryan. And, uh, sorry, he, uh, he was right there with me.
0: Yeah, Holly and I were fortunate to be at that game. He was there. Yeah. <laughs> and it was a powerful game. Yeah. It was a powerful game. And that's the game that sent you guys to the next game. Yep. Yep to and, and that what a team that was boy oh, gosh. Yep. what a team and you guys ended up losing to what the team that actually won it all
2: we the, lost in the national championship yeah, the, game yeah. national
0: championship yep. game but you guys gave it your all but i'll never never forget that i mean there was tears in the stands there was yeah um we were with your folks and we were watching that and i mean it was just wow yep. yeah yeah Thank you for sharing that. Oh wow. What, what did you have to add to that?
1: No, I just I think just listening to you, um, and hearing the bond that you guys had, such an early time, you know, and such a pivotal time in your life, you know, um, where you guys are both very vulnerable coming into a freshman year and um and to right off the bat just tell each other like I love you, I got your back. Um, it sounds like that you guys were both an impact it, it changed your life in the direction that it was going like um and you knew that ryan was special at that yep. moment um how would you if i i want to ask you like how would you describe ryan's personality or um just him as a person in your words what how would you describe him
2: so I think that this is, it, it's something that's almost impossible to say, um, in my own words, uh, it's something that you had to feel, you know, you guys felt it, um, yeah. clearly I felt it, my whole team felt it, um, and so, you know, I, I've thought about, you know, a little behind the scenes here, I, I knew that this kind of question was coming, I, I went with persistent, oh, yeah. um, and I think that that, you know, explains Ryan as he was, you know, when I knew him, when he was part of the team. I mean, clearly he's still part of the team. Um, but persistence the best way that I can describe him. Um, but I think that influential is just as important. You know, and it's not – the reason that we're sitting here today is because it was Ryan's idea for 17 Strong. Right. It wasn't just your guys' idea after yeah. the fact. This was Ryan's thing. Um and he was so impactful on so many people. And you know, it spread across, you know, the central coast, yeah. Grand Junction, really the whole country. Yeah. Um, you know, I shared the story with you earlier of just the funny things that people find in Oregon or, or wherever it is. Yeah. Absolutely. Um and you know, we we lived together for six months, right? Yep. There's a reason why my son's middle name, though, is
0: Ryan. So. Wow. Yeah. What an impact. What an impact.
1: Absolutely.
0: Is there anything Um, else? Yes.
1: Yes. We have to talk about when he wore 17. Mm -hmm. And what, I mean.
0: What did that mean to you?
1: You told me something. I wasn't going to go here. I asked you a question and you said to me, I hated wearing that number. It hurts so bad, but I can look back now and know. Yeah. I didn't ever want you to hate the number.
2: I didn't. I didn't hate the number. I hated the fact that I was the one wearing it. Um, I think that that's the way to look at it. Um, I hated that it wasn't Ryan wearing it. It that's- was supposed to be his senior year wearing that number. Um, so, so I did. I, you know, I'd look in my locker on game days and it'd be like, that's not mine. Um, but that's also probably why I was able to put together the season that me and my teammates did absolutely, right. you know, 100%. It, because it wasn't, it wasn't for the name on the front, it wasn't for the number on the back, it was for Ryan. Yeah. Um, wow. and so I think I, when I said I hated it, I I obviously don't hate the number. I love Ryan. I love seventeen. I love seventeen strong. I love right. Fort. Um, I hated the fact that it was me that was putting it on, um, and that I was. I
1: loved the fact that it was you <laughs> yeah. because you, you and Ryan. There there is no one that shared those moments yeah. other than you, and I want you to know how special that is. That is so special. And Garrett is, you know, they loved each other, and they. Had moments, but never that moment. And that yeah. was super special because the minute that somebody says dorm room, and I can say Will, Will Dixon, yeah. Will Dixon. And that was meant to happen that way. And that was, it's, it was just an appointment that, um, to change your life. And I yeah. don't know why, I don't know how, I don't know, but I know that it changed your heart. It changed the whole direction of your life. Um, 100%. Because he was that kind of person. Okay. He was that kind of person, um, and I just think that that was, that was just who he was. Who he was, yeah. And um, yeah, I just i I wanted to make sure that you knew that I got I got it. It it, it I got it. It just took me a little bit longer to get there and understanding yeah. it, but um, yeah.
0: Wow. I know. What this an is... amazing time.
1: Oh oh one more question. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Did he ever talk to you about 17 Strong?
2: Oh, yeah. I I mean, he, he kind of laid the groundwork for it um, when we would talk in the dorm room, um, you know, talking about why is it that I can't go on a trip? Why is it that my battle is different than somebody that's a year younger than me? Um, you know, I don't know that he ever said this is what we're going to do. But there was definitely those questions of why is it different for me? Why is it different for everybody that's in my shoes yeah. to go through this battle with no light at the end of the tunnel, yeah. so to speak? Um, so, you know, I I don't remember exactly him ever saying, like, this is what we're going to do, this is how I'm going to do it. But there was definitely that groundwork starting to be built um, and, and him talking about what 17 strong ended up becoming
1: yeah wow. and it's neat to see it, it sure and, is. and what um yeah what his legacy has is it's just it it's growing and it's uh we're changing lives and I can honestly say that now that you know lives are being changed because of Ryan's vision through 17 strong and it's it's an amazing and it keeps growing so um yeah yeah, yeah. I love that but.
0: well well thank you so much I know you were nervous about this, but you did. Great.
1: I was more nervous because I knew like he has a lot yeah. more, but,
0: yeah. he's, he's... but those stories are for yeah. yeah. So we love you. We love you. Like so a son much. to us. And thank you for sharing part of our life.
2: Love you guys yeah. too. Thank you so much for
0: having me. With that, we will wrap up another 17 Strong podcast. Remember, attitude is everything. You've been listening to 17 Strong. Victories don't come by accident. To be part of the show, make a donation, or request more information, go to 17strong.org. That's S-E-V-E-N-T-E-E-N strong.org.